Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, Halima. Hi, Ioni. And hello to the listeners. Welcome to the Polyester Podcast. I'm Ioni, the founding editor-in-chief of Polyester Online, Imprint, and everywhere else. And I'm Halima, the community editor of Polyester and the co-host of the Polyester Podcast. We publish weekly episodes with The Sleepover Club and Obsessions. This week is The Sleepover Club, where we have all those gorgeous conversations you usually have with your mates at a sleepover. This week, we are joined with Eden Young! (laughs) A very special guest. (laughs) Eden, would you like to introduce yourself to the podcast? Hello, I'm Eden. I'm the socials editor for Polyester and I'm very excited to be here today. So today, me and Eden and also the whole of the internet have been having very many conversations about the return of Indie Sleaze, but Halima has no fucking clue what we're on about because she is but a child. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking you guys think I probably have no clue what this is. I was chronically online as an 11-year-old, so I have some <laughs> You make me feel sick. <laughs> when did... Wait, because I was looking this up yesterday, and there was an account that was talking about how Indie Sleeves stopped in 2012. I don't think that's true. Is, it, is that true? Yeah. Definitely that's true. true. Kind of died out. Wow. Okay, so okay. Halima, maybe we should start by you tell us what you think Indie Sleeves is. Okay, so when Indie Sleeves died, supposedly, I was 12. So clearly, yeah, <laughs> I was 12 and it died. <laughs> so, but I was thinking that Indie Sleeves was like, you know, I can't remember, I'm not saying her last name, but it's like Sky Ferrara? Sky Ferrari? Eden, how'd you name? say the last name? Ferraria. Ferraria. So like yeah. Sky Ferraria, like that whole vibe, like Tumblr, like skins, like staying up late, like tights like Arctic Monkeys <laughs> <laughs> that's Tights. what I was thinking <laughs> but yeah that's my um that's what I think like I think of Arctic Monkeys when I think of Indie Sleaze mm. Eden what I do think... you think Indie Sleaze is so there's technically a crossover where when Indie Sleaze was ending kind of like Tumblr Girl like that kind of style was really kicking off so I think Sky Ferrari is kind of in the middle of all that mm. so she's at the end of Indie Sleaze but at the start of this kind of like Tumblr indie girl guy revival kind of thing when i think of indie sleaze i think it's like 2005 to 2010 maybe 2006 to 2010 because i remember i was like i was like 12 or 13 i can't remember how old i was and i moved school between year seven and eight and when i got to the new school then i was an indie girl that was it i wasn't an emo anymore i was an indie girl (laughs) how did you find indie eden um i think 
probably around about like 2007, uh, I was watching <laughs> NME TV, started buying NME magazine religiously and just listening to every single band that they were talking about and making it my whole personality and basically thinking I was better than everyone else. I went to like a really small school in the countryside so no one knew like who any of these bands were and I thought I was literally the coolest person like listening to like fucking crystal castles and like the wombats <laughs> when in reality that's really uncool but it's it's kind of like this individualistic way of thinking that you just want to be the most original person in the room yeah you're better than everyone else yeah, yeah I remember I remember so clearly like because I grew up in Brighton so there was like loads of gigs and stuff all the time and I used to go to gigs basically once a week probably and I think that's where when it was like the height of the indie sleaze movement even though obviously I was like 14 so I wasn't like going to the clubs or anything obviously but uh, so the big bands for me were like Foles. They were like my fave, the first album. And I saw Metronomy support Foles at one of their first gigs when they had Eden. Do you remember when they used to have those flashing lights, the lights. on their chest? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it was like literally like lights that someone would like put in the garage to like turn on when like when they pop in to get something out of the garage. Yeah. They like strap them to their chests and would like press them during the show. Wild. <laughs> wild and so 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 Foles were like my favorite but I was obsessed with Patrick Wolf like so obsessed so Halima do you know who Patrick Wolf is no not a clue (laughs) Patrick Wolf is a pioneer (laughs) yeah he is a pioneer (laughs) I can't hold myself together so so Patrick Wolf is like this six foot very tall man very gay he had ginger hair he did this song called the magic position and lots of other songs he was very like indie slash twee if we're going but I feel like okay sorry I'm cutting in here so Halima and Eden have you seen all the TikToks about the twee revival yes you said the word twee in the last podcast and I was thinking did she make that up I don't know what twee means what does twee mean (laughs) Ah! oh my word history is just lost isn't it <laughs> what did I say in the context of? You're uh, saying that you hate all those little twee. Like we're talking about normalization. You're like when people make things like such a big deal and all these little twee things. And I was like, oh, twee. You don't know what twee means? <laughs> no. What do you mean, guys? I'm being shamed on this podcast. Wow, so- <laughs> <laughs> Eden, please, can you describe twee? I think so. Back in the day, when in in the indie sleaze days, in the good old indie sleaze days. Uh, Twee was basically like hipster. So it's been yeah. rebranded oh. by Gen Z on TikTok. It's basically like Zoe Deschanel, like coloured, kind of like art teacher, Wes Anderson, cutesy vibes. So Indie Sleeves is like days of dirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like, I like to read books by the windowsill and, and like go for walks and wear purple tights. It's like Taylor Swift's Tumblr era. I yeah. See. Okay. But Twee is not just that in the context of that. Like, Twee is an actual real word. Oh. Like, it's a real thing that exists. What is yeah, it? it's like a, a music genre in the 90s as well. So it's, oh. like, originally from from that. So the definition of Twee in the dictionary is ex- excessively or affectedly quaint, pretty, or sentimental. So it's, like, I guess, like, Belle and Sebastian are Twee. Mm. Stuff like that. Mm. I guess it is what you said about Zoe Deschanel, because it's about, like, cutesy shit. Yeah. 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 Whereas indie sleaze is like dirty and grimy and you're like falling over into the gutter outside a club with like ripped tights. 
but it's really fun. Tights. <laughs> tights, yeah, are, that- tights are key in this. Yeah. Yeah. Tights are the key accessory. Mm-hmm. And they're coming back. Yeah, yeah. I just bought a pair of um, spotty, like, love heart tights. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like oh Alexa Chung used to wear back in the day. Oh, God. So, see, I always hated, uh, well, I think I liked Alexa Chung when she was on Pop World. And then when she became like a Tumblr icon, I didn't like her anymore. And she had that really shit book out. Do you remember <gasps> it? I had it, guys. I had it. I still have uh, it in my show. The pink one. <gasps> yeah, mm. called It. Oh yeah. my god, we should go through it on stories. <laughs> you should. I need to get it from my shed. <laughs> I also feel like Indie Sleaze is kind of more, like, it definitely crossed over to Tumblr, but it also existed when MySpace was still a thing. Yeah. So it saw, like, four social medias, which is weird. Yeah, it's like, so I spoke to, there's a really good Instagram account called in just Indie Sleaze. I messaged them and I was like, what are your thoughts about it? Like, cause they've recently, I, I started following them at the start of, well, a couple of months ago we found them. I think they had like maybe like a couple of hundred followers. Now they've got like 10,000 followers. It's like Julia Fox is following it. Like, well, um, but they said the that, moment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Julia Fox is in the know. Um, but I asked them to just kind of go like define what they think indie or what indie sleaze means to them. They said something really interesting that they were like, it took place not that long ago, but long ago enough that the technology that was around then is like so outdated that people are like Gen Z now can feel nostalgic towards it. So mm-hmm. they were like, it was like just at the start of social media, like MySpace was just implemented. And then people kind of had like, no one really had mobile phones. Everyone had a mobile phone all of a sudden. So they were like, the they said, what do they say? They, they said that the uh, texting and like access to a phone moved horniness from late night realms um, behind closed doors to like, being in your face so like everyone could just kind of talk to anyone they wanted at any moment and it's this really like hedonistic kind of time I think yeah I was talking about this at the pub on the weekend and my friends were kind of saying because you know on MySpace you had to like lie about your age to get on mm-hmm. so they've spent like 10 years thinking that all these boys in indie bands were being nonsense messaging them and then realized last week like oh shit I had to lie and say I was 16 to get on it so they probably just actually thought I was 16. Yeah it's mad that. What are some relics you still have from the indie movement? Oh my god I've probably got something like stuck up in my room now I'm trying to think oh maybe not I've got like all my like uh, gig tickets yeah, in like a box somewhere and all like festival wristbands because people used to wear those as like a badge of honour. Oh is my disgusting. God, Eden, did you ever go to, you probably didn't because you didn't grow up in the South, lol, but did you, do you remember Underage Festival? Yes, I do. That was that the was fucking weirdest wild. thing that's ever happened, Halima. So <laughs> there's this thing called Underage Festival and it was in Victoria Park where All Points East is now. And it was a festival just for under 18 year olds. So it was like all the indie bands would play. So like I remember I saw Patrick Wolf there and I got hit over the head by his ukulele (laughs) (laughs) because he threw it into the crowd and I caught it. And then this girl came up to me and punched me in the face and took it off me and hit me over the head with it so she could keep it. (laughs) Did she get it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She got it. At Android, I also got a whole bottle of poppers in my eye because like someone like nudged me and they went in my eye I went completely blind for like five minutes oh, and I was like God. I was like 14 15 <laughs> and it was just like being obviously there was no alcohol served because it was an underage festival it was run by one of the guys that was in scum wasn't it Eden I think uh, Thomas Thomas something it wasn't the one that was married to Peach's girl right. it was his brother right. so it was run by one of them 
it's just a very weird time. Like I feel like now you would never be able to have a festival for under 18 year olds. Yeah, you're just you're just asking for trouble, aren't you? And like yeah. someone is someone is gonna be able to sneak booze in. Yeah, and I feel like also it was like the like still, so we couldn't really go out. Like we could go to gigs because you're allowed to gigs, but you couldn't go to clubs or anything. And you would get ID'd, but I feel like there was more workarounds. Like Vice hired me when I was 16 to be like a club girl, like a flyer girl for their clubs for free entry to their clubs. I didn't get paid even though I was 16. I think people like things were a lot less, it just seems like things were a lot less strict then. I don't know. Like I feel like everyone was like underage boozing on the street, getting served in shops, going to gigs. And then like, even though it was like a 14 plus entry, the like most maddest stuff would happen at gigs. Like everyone would be completely hammered. And I just feel like today that probably might not happen that much. But I don't know. I'm not a 14 year old at a gig. That's true. It sounds like the wild, wild west. (laughs) It was a bit like that. Like, well, think like uh, there was loads of legal highs that everyone was Mm. taking that were then made illegal because there was like a weird loophole and they, they hadn't made it illegal yet. But stuff like that, like mad stuff was happening. And then when did I think skins it, come out? Like 2006, I think. Okay, so that was like like a historical document of that era. Yeah, definitely. And I think when you watch like Skins and when you watch Gossip Girl, it's like a time capsule of like that era. Maybe Gossip Girl's a little bit later. Like the mu- all the music, like Lady Gaga's in a Gossip Girl episode. Uh, Florence oh and the God, Machines yeah. there, like random kind of like famous people. Obviously, they're still famous now. Just show up and like the all the music and Gossip Girl are like these like flash in the band, flash in the pan indie bands that just do not exist anymore. Like the Virgins, but they were like massive celebrities at the time, and they were going out with like all the social lights. Like people were going like I was going out Peaches Geldof and stuff like that. Sonic Youth were in Gossip Girl. Oh, were they? they were, yeah, at the wedding. Yeah. Yeah. That's mad. But it's kind of like, you know how the OC kind of had like all the pop punk bands and then yeah. that like to find that era and then Gossip Girl mm-hmm. had all the indie bands. So then it liked to find that. Yeah. Robin was in it as well. Was she? Yeah. yeah it's like this, this, and I think Gossip Girl's really interesting because the fact that they had to like sign up to get the, the blasts or whatever when you get the text message, it's like a, a real it's like on the edge of the technology that we have now so like everyone you had to like go onto the internet back in the day be like one second I'm just going to go onto the internet but now everyone can just have access to the internet at any given moment at any time I think it's really interesting that Gossip Girl really captures it well it's kind of like on the precipice of like post-internet and like pre-internet I don't know Mm, or like the internet that we have now. Also I feel like it kind of shows more clearly how I don't know because when I think of like indie sleaze there was like all of the girls that kind of like ended up defining it which were like rich girls essentially like Peaches Geldorf rest in peace obviously and like Alexa Chung and like a bit later Corey Kennedy and that but then also indie sleaze just had like literal ratty people like all the actual bands that were in it and I remember this Vice article ages ago that was like the 100 landfill indie songs so I feel like indie sleaze was before there was landfill indie Or like, people didn't take landfill indie bands that seriously. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST because they're obviously really like commercialized so I feel like there was like the rich girls which were like aspirational but then there was just like the scummy people which kind of skins represented more even though it was a tv show if you know what Mm. I mean yeah I used to hate skins when I was a kid (laughs) but you hate euphoria now which is basically gen z skin I literally don't hate euphoria I'm just scared of seeing those eight teenagers cry because I will cry and I don't want to see it but (laughs) my thing with skins was that when I was a when I was a kid because I didn't watch it when it was coming out because again when it came out I was six so I didn't watch it I watched it when I got a little bit older because I guess after the end of the indie movement Tumblr became very big and I was really on Tumblr when I was becoming like a a teenager people were talking about skins and also they had the new skins coming out so I was like I want to watch that so I need to watch the old one so when I was watching the old one I was like like is that what teenagers are like? Because I was having a teenager. <laughs> and I was like, I don't want to be like this. This is disgusting. So I really didn't like it. And I didn't, I didn't just, I just, literally just didn't get it. So I was like, ill. So I didn't like skins. I felt like it had the opposite effect on people that were near enough that age. Like, mm. do you remember Eden when it was in the news? Because there was that massive skins party in Brighton where like someone's parents went away and then 500 people turned up and it was advertised on MySpace as like skins party. Yeah, the girl's like a famous model now who did it, and I think really? she got famous from doing that party <laughs> because it was all over the news. <laughs> and she was really pretty. Yeah, she was really pretty. So everyone was like, "Let's sign her to a modeling agency" because she had a crazy party while her parents were away and destroyed their like two million pound house. But yeah, I feel like everyone was definitely imitating it at the time. Like I remember I used to rob so much stuff from American Apparel because it was when they didn't have any security tags on it. And then just go to the beach and like drink until I throw up on the beach and it'd be like January, like literally freezing cold and then <laughs> yeah. just go home. <laughs> literally, literally the same. Like, it's really funny that Alimi you say that Skins is like really just the opposite of what you wanted to do. Because I feel like as well, everyone at the time was like, I want to be like this. Like we would go camping and stuff and like oh, go God, to the woods yeah. and like smoke weed and like... I think everyone just thought it was like the coolest thing that had ever happened. And it used to be on on a Thursday night and then everyone would come into school on a Friday and be like, oh my God, did you watch Skins last night? Let's go out tonight. Let's go to the boards. Like, I used to have to get up at like four o'clock in the morning to watch it before I went to school because my <laughs> mum wouldn't let me watch it. So I had to get up before she'd wake up to watch Sneaking it so then I could go and talk about it. Yeah. But like, if you didn't watch it, everyone would be talking about it the next day. Like, Yeah, we think spoilers are bad now. 
You weren't around when skins first aired and in school. In the form room, you'd be like, please don't say anything. Um, But yeah, I don't know if it's because uh, I think that's maybe now there's just too much to consume. So it feels like people are watching things less and less collectively. Whereas back then it was like, you just had to watch this one thing that everyone was watching. Otherwise you'd be left out of the conversation. Mm. Whereas now it's just like, there's obviously everyone's watching Euphoria at the moment, but it just feels like, I don't know. Not Halima. <laughs> Not you. <laughs> yeah, so I tweeted today that was like, imagine the discourse on Twitter if like Skins was on now. Or like if we had Twitter back in the day when Skins was on. <laughs> but that's crazy. what Euphoria is like now because everyone wants to cancel Sam Levinson and stuff. Like it's fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. But that's what I was going to say because like I've written about this a bit in my book in the like Tumblr feminism essay basically talking about why Tumblr feminism came to be and like how it was kind of a reaction like I don't think it was an evolving of indie sleeves I think it was actually a reaction against it because we saw like all those aforementioned girls and they were always like spaced out on drugs like in the corner of Mm -hmm. parties like horrible flash photography by Cobra Snake or another man other photographers do exist or like Terry Richardson American Apparel adverts where like girls had their nuns out and like all of this stuff and where basically girls had like no autonomy like what I was saying before about those girls they were kind of aspirational it's because they were untouchable and literally they felt like they could be in a tv show like you didn't really know anything about their lives it felt very like voyeuristic watching them like yeah get drunk and fall out of clubs like obviously Amy Winehouse is like a horrible example of this as well so I feel like the indie sleaze era was like the last era before the female gaze basically or before women had autonomy because of what Eden was saying as well about like the internet like they didn't really have the channels also to like publish their own things or talk about themselves that much so they were always like vehicles for other like male artists or male people or they were like framed of like being messes basically and like they even though like they were aspirational to teenage girls the press was like very anti them yeah like vicious against them especially Amy Winehouse so then that led the way for like Tumblr feminism which was obviously like Tavi and like all those people who did have voices but then that brings us kind of to where we are now where Tumblr feminism went like into overdrive and we have yeah like quote unquote like woke culture and like everyone the discourse culture so it's funny now that Indie Sleaze is coming back at a time where it feels really unnatural for it to. I'd just be interested to see if, like, what what actually is fully going to come back, like, the fashion or the music or... Because people, people are kind of too self-aware now. And I think that... Because, like you were saying, the start of Tumblr feminism, I remember the Terry Richardson stuff coming out on Tumblr. I remember being, like, shell-shocked. And I think that was probably, like, the first time I ever saw someone get cancelled. Yeah. And he was, like, kind of, like, not a hero of, of indie sleaze, but... He was 100% really like a god. the aesthetic. Yeah, 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 for sure. And all these celebrities, like, he was constantly hanging out with celebrities. Well, he had his own Tumblr, didn't he? Yeah. Which is wild. But yeah, I remember seeing that and being, like, really shook to my car for the yeah. first cancellation of Tumblr. I think it's interesting <laughs> that you say that you think it's unnatural, because I think, like, as you said, like, after the whole indie sleaze thing, it was, like, Tumblr feminism. But like I, I feel like you can see too. People are getting really sick of the of that shit and on all the woke stuff. Like people don't even like the reboot of Gossip Girl because they're doing too much of this woke bullshit. Mm. And so yeah, just like, like that. Yeah, exactly. And just like that. Yeah. So I feel like I don't know. And people are really getting sick of like even like the Democratic Party and people's politics has changed so much from what Tumblr feminism has been to even being an rejection of that. So in many ways, I think that 
this revival kind of makes sense when yeah, you, when you like put it in those up. terms. Yeah. But also it's interesting because I remember learning in uni, I can't remember properly and I didn't research it, lol. So basically we used to have these, because I studied fashion journalism, we used to have these modules called like contextual studies or whatever where you learn about theory to do with like fashion and stuff and culture. And it was basically kind of like linked to hyper-reality in that like when movements come back around, we're not remembering them, they're not portrayed accurately and it changes how the movement, we view the movement back then. So like, for example, the 60s, how we dress and we think it's 60s is not actually 60s, it's our perception of it. And that's filtered through like TV and film that we can still access of that time, but it's not actually accurate to what that era was like, if that makes sense. So we're constantly rewriting history by like reinterpreting these trends. I think that's really interesting, Eden, because of like the Indie Sleaze account and like loads of people basically lumping in the like Tumblr girl, the 2014 mm-hmm. Tumblr girl with Indie Sleaze with Twee, even though they were like slightly separate yeah. subcultures and like at different times as well. Yeah. yeah, we we lived through it so we can see the kind of the differentiations. But if you didn't like, if you weren't there, man, you don't know. And this is the first time we can say that. Yeah, you weren't there. You didn't live through it. <laughs> and I guess when you live through it, you know, each month by month, like what was cool, what bands were cool, what people were doing. Whereas if you're just looking at look at the fashion, I guess, looking back at the fashion, you don't really get to know all the delicate nuances of indie sleeves. Mm. <laughs> um, so it makes sense that people are lumping it all in together because they're just like, oh, this like maybe like 2000-ish kind of time. So it's like post Y2K, but yeah. kind of, it's like a 10-year span, I guess, like 2004, maybe to 2014. Mm. Yeah, and it's interesting because that's getting smaller and smaller as well because when I was at uni, we learned that trends work on 15 year cycles so like when it was the 90s that's why like the 70s were back in a big way and like but it feels like that's speeding up and up and up because of the internet so now we're working on like how long has it been (laughs) so we're in 2022 now and if it was 2004 it's like 12 years no I don't know whatever I'm bad at maths but didn't the Indie Sleaze account say something to you in a message about that Eden about the time span yeah, about the, like, it's not the 2013 Tumblr girl, blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, they said that it's not to be confused with 2013 Soft Grunge and Normcore, which I totally forgot about. Oh, my God. Or the 2014 Tumblr girl. They said it's a youth culture and a moment in time. And they said Lizzie Goodman's Meet Me in the Bathroom, which I also have a copy of right here. Hey! Is a really good reference book. So she basically was friends with, like, The Strokes, LCD Sound System, she moved to New York in 2000 when she was a student. She became friends with all these indie guys. So she kind of covers the period of like 2001 when The Strokes released that album as being like the start of like this kind of like new era of rock and roll. Um, and she interviews them all in the book and it's or like everyone's in the book, like Kings of Leon, The Strokes, uh, LCD Sound System, Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs, kind of all those bands. She covers like a 10 year span. Um, so I think that's, that's really good book to read if you're very interested in it um but she said that that book's a great read um she said it's a shift of the minimalist vibe of gen x style and the cyborg futurism of y2k to a maximalist trashy dirty sexy retro aesthetic it pulls from the 80s with nods to nautical themes vacation car vibes and sexy librarian but most importantly 2000s american apparel it was about breaking the rules clashing and being shameless it's all about hedonism and spontaneity with like provocative flash photography and then kind of this, not like a new genre, but there was a lot of like mixing of genres. So there'd be mm-hmm. like dance punk, then there's like a 
like a uh, post-punk revival. And then I think like electronic music was kind of mixed in with like like indie music and rock and roll yeah. music, which I think like when you think about bands like Justice and stuff like that, or Justice, it's like kind of maybe subcultures that weren't mixing before, like really mm-hmm. cool French DJ guys and then like punk kids from like New York and then like indie kids from like Brighton or whatever. But they were all kind of part of this this collective group. So to round off, Halima, will you be buying into the Indie Sleeves revival? Have we sold it to you? To be fair, before this conversation, I really thought like the Tumblr girl and like that time, because that's when I was becoming a, a teenager and the Indie Sleeves era were really connected. But like, no, I know now <laughs> that they're not, they're very different things. So I have mm-hmm. learned that, but probably not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> It um, seemed quite scary. Um, and I was thinking when you said that, like, um, you used to wake up early to watch Skins. When I was a youngin, I used to wake up early to watch Hannah Montana because I wanted to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, clearly, I'm just a soft baby girl. I don't think it's for me. Yeah. I'm happy for you guys. Aww. Well, that's the thing. Everyone's scared of it. Like, I did those. I did some stories on Instagram that were like, "Oh, what bits of indie sleeves should we bring back?" And I literally had hundreds of messages being like, "No, you are wrong for this. Stop right now." I feel like the lamp has been open though, and it can't be put back now. Mm. Yeah, it's coming back. There's nothing you can do. Um, <laughs> not not to bring COVID into it as well, but indie sleeves Instagram account. We were just uh, when they messaged me, um, they said that like maybe COVID has made people really pine after like a, like a party scene. Cause think about mm. people haven't been like, some people haven't been able to go to the club and they really want a time where everyone was like, just falling over each other and getting off with each other and just being like a drunk mess. Yeah. And I think that's so true. And like, it's just so, as we've already said a million times, like it's, it's so weirdly offline. Like you had to purposefully put it on- online. It didn't just exist in that way. If that yeah. makes sense, which I think is like, what we're all craving yeah a sense of freedom and a less curated social media kind of presence as well yeah well we will have to reconvene when the tomba girl actually does come back because i think this is a false like a false start trend piece that has got everyone talking 2014 can't come back yet no because that's when i started polyester that's so embarrassing (laughs) (laughs) it can only be during like a 10-year retrospective that i will accept that the period is gone yeah let us have our moment first and be like you didn't live through it man you didn't have to get up at four in the morning to watch skins like exactly exactly it was a struggle (laughs) well thank you eden for joining us thank you for having me thank you halima for being a sponge for our wisdom (laughs) (laughs) educators we're doing the important work thank you to all the listeners let us know what you think of indie sleeves i feel like we should do instagram stories where we put up our like indie sleeves relics and people can send theirs in that would be oh, so I fun love that. yeah everyone's <laughs> um, worst worst everyone's lookbook pictures oh my god exactly ah! thank you to olivia for editing this episode and to gina gina hattie grace charlotte and Clarissa, we will see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.